Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 11 of the Parenting Aces podcast, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we are talking high school tennis with two coaches from the Southeast who have joined us to share their thoughts on why playing for your high school is such a great pathway for almost all junior tennis players. It is great exposure to learning how to be part of a team, learning to play for something other than your own satisfaction and your own gains. And I'm so excited to bring these two gentlemen to you this week. Before we start, though, I want to just remind you, if you haven't already, we'd love to have you become part of our premium membership here at Parenting Aces. You can do that by going to ParentingAces.com and clicking on the Join button. If you don't want to do that, but you are interested in a consult with me, you can do that independently through our online shop by clicking on the shop tab at parentingaces.com. So for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation all about high school tennis. So Kyle and Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the Parenting Aces podcast. Let's talk some high school tennis. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. I appreciate you having us on the show, Lisa. We, we go way back. And, uh, you know, this is a passion of uh, Tom and I. Uh, and it's a great opportunity for us to talk about uh, high school tennis. I'm currently the head coach of Marvin Ridge High School, which is just a suburb of Charlotte, North Carolina. And we have a great sports program overall. Uh, in fact, we won the Max Preps uh, award uh, that's like a point system that they have for uh, all of sports for all of North Carolina. And uh, we were basically the, uh, the winner for 3A last year. We got bumped up to 4A, so I guess that was our, our reward. But uh, just a little bit about um, our tennis program, you know, really starts for us in middle school. And uh, we have uh, a lot of kids that come out, you know, I think uh, last year we had about 36 boys that tried out for the middle school team. I will say um, our school, we do have a, a cut culture and uh, that's uh, sometimes a, 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 a sticking point among uh, coaches. And I, I actually coached the middle school team. And one of the things that I tried to do is keep as many kids as possible. Now we we share the courts across four teams: uh, boys team, girls team, 
and then the high school boys and, and girls. So it can get a little bit challenging scheduling court time. And once you get into that season, you start having matches. It's really hard to get get practices. So we try to find courts uh, elsewhere. But, um, you know, everything kind of starts with uh, with that feeder program in, in middle school. And we have great participation and uh, a lot of a lot of kids that, uh, you know, come in middle school that are are highly trained. Uh, so it's, you know, our job is as coaches to get them more accustomed to a team environment and how we can, uh, you know, get them, you know, accustomed to playing doubles together and, uh, really just managing things more from a, from a team perspective and working on a lot of, you know, tactical awareness and things like that. But, um, you know, here in North Carolina, we play six lines of singles, three lines of doubles, each line is a point. So it's very similar to like D3 uh, tennis and uh, the high school program. You know, we uh, obviously have uh, a good feed in from from the from the middle school. So we have a lot of talented players that, that come up through that that program. We're a little bit more limited in terms of uh, uh, some of the rules that we have to comply to. And uh, we typically have about a roster of around 12 kids. And that, that, that makes, you know, th- the practices run a little bit smoother. Um, we, we, we have some compliance, and, and Tom could probably talk more about this because uh, he's been through it a lot longer than I have in terms of kids have to play a certain number of matches to be um, uh, uh, valid for the, the postseason. Mm-hmm. So we have to be aware of, of, of that. So we, you know, it'd, we, it'd be very hard to have, you know, a really high number of kids, but, you know, probably 12 to 14 kids is the sweet spot that we try to try to keep. Um, and then we run, you know, in my opinion, we run a pretty professional program. You know, we run our practices very similar to uh, a college team and how they would run their practices. We're very good about uh, incorporating, you know, a lot of footwork patterns, a lot of footwork drills. And then we'll, you know, we always have some specific drill that's like the theme of the day. And then when we run our practices, we'll try to incorporate, you know, whatever drill that, that we went through. And for me personally, I do a lot of two-on-one drills um, because we want to make sure that the kids are getting in, um, you know, double skills and double strategy during the practice sessions. But typically we'll have one practice each week that's uh, very much focused exclusively on on doubles. Uh, And I'll let Tom jump in here and just uh, talk about kind of, you know, historically what our culture has been like uh, for the Marvin Ridge team. Well, let me just ask you really yeah. quickly before, Tom, I'm going to bring you on too, but um, Kyle, we see a lot of high school tennis programs where the tennis team coach isn't a tennis coach per se, or isn't somebody that has experience with the sport of tennis. What is your background and what what is the reason you got involved with coaching the high school team? Yeah, I have an interesting background. So I grew up playing golf, played golf on the high school team. Um, after we had uh, kids, it was challenging to get out on the golf course and spend five hours out on the golf course. So my wife uh, bought me a tennis lesson and uh, about smart minutes, woman. Yeah, about 20 <laughs> minutes into the lesson, uh, you know, I, I literally had to call a timeout. And I told the coach, you know, I'm 
you know, I've been sitting on the couch for a while. I'm not, uh, I'm not in shape. You know, this is not really doing either of us any good. It was just kind of running me side to side. There was really not a lot of instruction. It was more like a cardio tennis workout. Um, so from that point forward, I really, uh, um, you know, became passionate about, uh, learning the technical side of tennis and, and probably, you know, have about 400 hours of technical research on, on the game. And, uh, lo and behold, when my son, um, enters, uh, sixth grade, he comes to me and says that he wants to play tennis for the school. And I told him, I said, you know, this is, uh, this is Marvin Ridge. This, you know, th these are, these are very competitive teams and, you know, you, you played a little bit of red ball, you know, he, he basically didn't play orange ball or green dot ball. So, uh, I didn't, I didn't have a, a ton of encouragement, but, uh, you know, we went out, um, literally twice a day, uh, you know, his bus, uh, came in, in the morning, we're out at the bus stop, literally hitting volleys, uh, waiting on, on the bus in the mornings. And then he would come home and then we would, uh, you know, practice until, uh, dark, uh, every day for about two months and he barely made the team and he really uh, from that point forward but because it because if it's it's a team environment a team culture he really uh, embraced that a lot and um, you know I I started coaching the middle school team uh, it's a volunteer gig um, and you know, really just started, you know, coaching in, in that, that realm and uh, just kind of stayed ahead of him in terms of, you know, my technical skill development um, and ended up, you know, started coaching more on the side um, and uh, still do that today. And then as my son uh, aged out of middle school and got into high school, uh, Tom's son was a senior when my son was a freshman. And I think we played three matches. The season was going great. And then everything was shut down because of COVID. Mm. Uh, so we all, we all know that day yeah. uh, very well uh, that, that happened, that all of sports got, got shut down uh, across. So uh, the, the following year when uh, Tom's son graduated, um, I took over, took over the team. My son was, was a, a sophomore at the, at the time, which was last year. Uh, and now he's, uh, he's a, he's a junior. So, you know, my background is a little bit unique. Uh, the interesting thing about my background though, from a coaching perspective is, you know, all of my research and development has been on kind of the modern game. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, probably different for most coaches. Uh, I think most yeah. coaches learn the more kind of classical uh, game. And uh, I think you're, the last guest you had was talking about the stretch shortening cycle, um, which is not a term that we use with players, but it's certainly, you know, the, the types of techniques that a lot of our players um, uh, use because they, they have learned more in kind of the, the, the modern era versus the, the classical era and being able to use the modern technology that we have with strings and, and, uh, and rackets. So, uh, um, so, so I've, you know, really done all my research on, you know, more of just how, you know, how current D1 players play. And, and, uh, and I, and I think that's reflective in terms of how we, 
how we coach the team. It's more, uh-huh. you know, based on, you know, modern footwork, modern strokes. Uh, we're certainly not going to change anyone if they come with more classical strokes, uh, because, you know, a lot of our practices are very, are very target-based, target-oriented. So if they're able to go out and prove to us that they can deal with different situations, different scenarios, and hit two targets, then, uh, you know, we're going to embrace whatever technique they have. Love it. Tom Traub, you are the assistant now, but you were the head coach for how long? Uh, for three years. Okay. And then before that, I was a middle school coach uh, before that for about four years. So Kyle's just kind of following you through the education process here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I guess it's my, my quick background. Um, I was kind of self-taught player. I, I grew up in, in Syracuse, New York, uh, where there weren't many tennis players. Uh, people were mainly, you know, football, basketball. I grew up playing basketball and lacrosse. And I saw tennis when I was in high school on, on television, and I started playing. And I ended up playing college tennis uh, as a walk-on, uh, Division Two. And then uh, after college, I moved to New York City, and um, it was very difficult to play in New York. I was very had a very busy job, so I didn't play for many years. And then in my 40s, um, I started playing again, and um, I, I did what a lot of people did. I went to the internet. I looked at all the online coaches, uh, you know, Jeff Salzenstein, Ian Westerman, Fuzzy Yellow Balls, right, all that stuff. And and I learned, I actually got better than I was when I was in college. And then when I was, I turned about 50, people say, hey, Tom, you should try some tournaments. So I, uh, I went out and played the uh, North Carolina Adult Senior Championship. And the first time I showed up, I was like, I was 52. I, I reached the finals. So I was shocked. Like I didn't really, you know, uh, you know, maybe people weren't turning out that year. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> and then people said, well, Tom, you should go to the Nationals. So then uh, I turned 55. I went to the 55 and over men's clay court nationals in Savannah, Georgia. And that was a, it was a great experience. Uh, I didn't reach the finals there, I have to tell you. <laughs> uh, but um, so that was kind of my my tennis journey. Uh, and then my two sons, uh, I, I, I'm a big believer in, in team sports. So I, I, I had my sons playing baseball, recreational baseball, recreational basketball. And I've been a coach really since they were probably about five years old. And then didn't get them into tennis until they were about 11, 11, 12. Um, and then we went through the whole journey of that. Uh, then the whole tennis parent. Um, and I coached both of them uh, and uh, very technique focused, kind of like Kyle. I'm very kind of technique oriented. And, uh, you know, in the Southeast, anyone who's been a parent in the Southeast, we went through the qualifiers for the regional. We went to Southerns, been to Rome, Georgia too many times that I care. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas for the 16 Southerns. And uh, so I've been through all that, you know, uh, as a parent uh, and kind of prepared me well, I guess, for being a high school coach. Well, I mean, Marvin Ridge has to be unique in the area in that it's got two coaches who know tennis and play tennis and understand tennis. Those kids, I hope they they realize how lucky they are to have you guys, as I've shared before on this podcast, and I shared with Kyle when we were talking offline, my son's high school coach was the football conditioning coach at the high school and really knew next to nothing about tennis. He enjoyed tennis and, you know, the guys had fun practicing with him, but he was by no means a tennis coach. So, um your kids are very lucky to have you. So Tom, give us a little bit of the philosophy behind the program at Marvin Ridge. 
maybe even starting with the middle school kids, um, what are you trying to impart to these kids as they join the team? Sure, sure. Uh, so, so middle school, uh, you know, I treated that a lot different than, than the high school. So middle school, because, you know, you got developing players. Um, some of them are really trying to develop that passion for the game, trying to keep it lighter. Um, so, you know, we make sure every practice we, we end with some games, you know, king of the court. Uh, one of the things I would do as a coach is I would have little, like, say, $5 Chick-fil-A gift card, and we would have a contest. And, and kids love contests. You know, oh, you know I'm going to win the contest. So I uh, always try to do that to keep it fun. And um, the, the thing I told the, all the middle school players is I said, you know, the player that's going to be the best player that when you get to high school is going to be the player that really is willing to, to change, to try to continuously improve and make small changes and try them out over time. I said, I said, and that's what you all need to do. So I would encourage just experimentation, you know, with, you know, hey, try a slice backhand. If that doesn't work, you try try coming over the ball. So I was I was really trying to focus on just the mindset of continuous improvement. It was, you know, all of us as tennis players, you'd like to think that, you know, oh, if I um, if I just learn this one trick, right, all of a sudden I'm gonna go out and be great. <laughs> yeah. But then the next time after I maybe I got a lesson, I can't I can't replicate it. It doesn't, we all know it doesn't really happen like that. And it, it just takes just, if you stay with it and eventually you'll, you'll develop, you know, that skill. Um, so I was trying to instill that in the players. Right. And so in terms of why somebody should sign their child up or encourage their child to sign up or try out for a middle school team or a high school team, I mean, Tom, your kids played the USTA junior circuit thing. How did you convince them that playing for their school was an important piece in their junior tennis journey? Well, you know, uh, when I was the coach, no, <laughs> no but uh, I, 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 I mean, think I that, get um, that, but not everybody can be the coach of their kid's team. So, right. Uh, no, uh, uh, I would say that, um, you know, for my kids, uh, they were, they were um, starting late, you know, a lot of players Mm -hmm. start six, seven, eight years old. They really, they developmentally were still developing. So for them, they really wanted to play on the team. Uh, We actually have to, as um, Kyle mentioned, we do have to actually cut players from the Mm -hmm. middle school team. We would, I believe we would have about uh, 25 players try out for maybe 12 spots. So, in fact, you know, they actually had to, you know, make sure that they could make the team. Right. Um, so I think we're fortunate just to have, a, you know, that kind of um, turnout and that kind of interest from, from the parents. We, we kind of have a reputation um, of that kind of culture. So, um, so for my kids, it was no question. I think there, there is a question for those top-level players that are, you know, shooting for D1. And I think that's where we have had a few players you know, who decided not to play, you know, decided to go to the tournament, tournament circuit. Mm-hmm. And how do you kind of sell those kids on coming and playing for their school? Because again, I've talked about this in the past, but um, my son played for his high school team his freshman year and they just, they got to playoffs and came up just short um, at playoffs to win the, the state championship. And <laughs> after freshman year, he told the coach, coach, I'm not coming back next year. I'm not coming back junior year. 
But if by senior year I've committed to college, I'll come back and play for you senior year. And that was kind of the deal he made with the the high school coach. And the coach was okay with that. We were okay with that. And as it turned out, he had committed to college early his his, uh, senior year. So he played, our high school season was in the spring. So he played his senior year and they won states. And it was, you know, great into his high school tennis. But there are a lot of kids in his position. And it sounds like you guys are facing the same thing that, they feel like high school tennis is maybe a waste of time for them. It's not going to help them reach their goal of getting recruited at a high enough level college. What do you say to those kids? Yeah, I'm going to let uh, Kyle talk this with Kyle. I know we, we recently, we actually recently had a few of these cases and I know Kyle, why don't you handle that? Well, I think um, first and foremost, you you really have to run a professional program um, because th- those kids are they're used to a professional program, right? So uh, you don't want to have uh, any any regression if they were to um, you know get on the team. But th- I think there's some other things that um, you you know ultimately if those kids are very serious and they're trying to play the upper levels of college tennis, then they're, they're, they want to play on a team, right? I mean, college tennis is a, is a team sport mm-hmm. and let's be fair. It's pretty lonely out there when you're playing, you know, the, the tournaments, the tournament scene, uh, you're, you're, you're traveling by yourself. Typically, um, you know, you're, you know, with your family at, at most, uh, and that that's about it. So I think that there's a lot of life lessons that can be learned uh, playing on a team. And in particular, our team, I think the, the, the two things that we really provide is, you know, we're, 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 we hope to, that everyone is going to be better when they come out of the program from when they started, right? So we, we feel like that, you know, if we're running our professional program and, and we've got uh, a base of kids that can basically hit with anybody, uh, you know, that's the one challenge that I think other programs would have that, that we don't have is that they might have, you know, some lower uh, uh, skilled players and then they have one superstar and, you know, who's the superstar going to hit with. I still think there are ways that you can work around that and challenge that superstar to, to you know, make it valuable for him to show up for, for, for practice. But, uh, you know, we're pretty lucky. We have a, a, a lot of kids that uh, are, you know, deep in the in the talent pool. So I think as as long as we can run the professional program, you know, we can you know promote this, you know, as a as a team sport. And the fact that you know, you know, hopefully we'll have an opportunity that we can vie for a state level championship. And that's you know that's an experience that they will take with them, you know, for for a lifetime. So, you know, there's, there's definitely challenges. And I think the one thing, you know, let's be fair, we're probably uh, up against as their academy coaches uh, don't really promote high school tennis, um, largely because that's, you know, that's money out of their pocket. And, you know, for a lot of programs, you know, they would assume that there could be some regression because they're not running a professional uh, program. So that's really the uh, the challenge is that, you know, you've got to 
you've got to run your, you know, your practices to the level that those high level uh, players, you know, can, can get value out of it. And you've got to have other players that they can hit with that they feel like they're going to be uh, uh, challenged. So let me, let me just interrupt one second, sure. you know, beyond the Academy coaches, it goes to the college coaches too, because for the longest time, we heard college coaches say, oh, I don't care if a kid played high school tennis. And in fact, that's probably a negative on their record if they played high school tennis. I think in recent years, we've started to hear a a different message from the college coaches. They've started understanding the value of these kids having that team experience prior to starting college. So, I, you know, I think there was this mindset that high school tennis is, you know, it's not very good. It's a waste of time. You're not going to get any better. It, you're better off being at your drills every day at your academy. You're better off playing tournaments on the weekends. And I, I think, Kyle, you and I were talking about this uh, offline. There are a lot of high school athletic associations that don't allow the high school team players to compete outside of their school. So for tennis players, that means during season, they're not allowed to play tournaments or, you know, play other events. They can only play for their school team during season. So that's a big challenge as well. And I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how these rules continue to evolve But I know, you know, one player in the space that's really starting to make some noise and make a difference is universal tennis. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you guys have seen in terms of universal tennis starting to accept high school tennis match results to to form a player's rating and really starting to engage with the, the high school programs a lot more. Yeah, I think last year was the first season. As coaches, we enter our scores into a platform called Max Preps, and that's that's across all sports. So if you go into Max Preps, you can see stats for soccer players, baseball, and we enter our scores into uh, into Max Preps, and they have roughly eighteen states. Maybe I might be wrong with that, but uh, a number of states. Uh, use max preps for for their scores and UTR struck a deal with max preps so we don't have to as coaches go into UTR and enter those scores separately they just get integrated just like if you went and played a uh, a USTA match mm-hmm. so um i think you know that's i was telling uh coach Traub this story uh and and it, and it's a little bit far fetched for tennis but uh my the company that I work for, we have a team of folks up in central PA and I would typically uh, fly up to Baltimore and drive from Baltimore to PA because the, the direct flight from Charlotte to Harrisburg was around $900 normally. So uh, we would, uh, I would take that flight often. And I noticed there was a, uh, a, a dad and a son that was in the airport with me in Charlotte. We ended up on the rental car shuttle in Baltimore. And normally I just kind of keep to myself, but it was odd. It was a weekday. It was a school day. There was a school age kid, a high school age kid, and he had a basketball with him. And I, you know, it just, the things started going through my head. And so I asked him, Hey, what are you, what are you guys up to? Uh, what brings you to Baltimore? 
And the dad was telling me that his son was not getting enough playing time on the basketball team. And they were looking at a high school in Baltimore and they were considering relocating. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's big. You're going to move your family to uh, get your son a better opportunity to play basketball. And I started thinking from a tennis perspective, would that ever happen in tennis? And I, I don't think so. Kind of to your point, Lisa, is that high school has never really been uh, needed, uh, right? If you can just play the tournament scene. It's completely optional. So uh, I think with UTR, could that change? You know, if, if I'm a parent and I'm looking for a lot of matches, you know, would I be, you know, you know, parents, some tennis, ten, I'll say one thing about our tennis parents. They're awesome. You know, our tennis parents are awesome. We, they support their kids so well. Um, and, you know, just considering the amount of money that it takes to get a player to a college level, it's not far-fetched that you know maybe you would be able to find a high school or a conference that's super competitive that you would move to that's maybe running a year-round program. Again, I think it's very far-fetched now, but let's think about in the future. Uh, 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 right now, there's a college UTR fit. You know, you can go in and say, okay, my kid's a 9.6. Let's say as a freshman, I want to see if he can play line five. You can put that into UTR and you can see all the schools that fall into that range. What if you had that for high school? You know, you could find a high school right now. It's it's um, you know, it it's a very challenging to determine, you know, where all the good schools are, where we could, you know, go play a higher level. But I think I think having the scores in UTR, um, uh, you know, is a huge advantage. And we're hoping that the. Uh, tournaments, the postseason tournaments will adopt UTR for seedings. Right now, it's more of a, a, a shell game and a political game to come up with the seedings. But if it was more objective and using UTR, I think that would be a, be a huge benefit. And I think the other piece is, you know, my son doesn't, hasn't really played a lot of doubles tournaments. You know, he normally just enters the singles draw. But during the high school season, we get a lot of doubles reps, yeah. you know, and, and all those scores are going into UTR. So uh, at a minimum, you know, one of the major benefits is, you know, if you play, you know, a few years of high school tennis, you'll have a solid doubles rating that you may not have. And I know, you know, college coaches don't put a ton of value on that, but, uh, you know, there are teams that have double specialists. So if you, you know, if you have a, you know, if you're highly skilled in doubles and your UTR is reflective of that, and you're going to get a lot of doubles reps in, in sure. playing high school matches. Sure. Sure. I, I mean, all great points and, and it'll be interesting. I really hope we don't get to a place where people are looking to move for their kids, high school tennis team. <laughs> I already um, have some very strong feelings about families who pick up and move for their child's junior tennis period. But um Anyway, that said, um, Coach Traub, I, I want to let you chime in. We're, we're coming to the end of our, our time here, but um, can you just talk a little bit about the value that you saw that your sons gained from playing high school tennis? Uh, yeah, sure. And, and um, you know, I'm going to take my oldest son. He's right now. He's a, he's a junior at Clemson. Um, when he when he reached about uh, 16 years old, and I remember after we came back from Little Rock, 
at Southern's, uh, and and I think I think it was kind of a shock because you know when you go to Southern's for the first time and you and you and you you're not part of an academy, you know you come to Southern's and there's all these vans, right? And all these vans have all the Smith Sterns and you know Hilton yep. had this this. You're like, oh my gosh! And the and the coaches are jumping out of the vans with the kids, and I'm like me and my son with a couple balls, right? I'm like, geez, uh, kind of outmatched here, right? Well, he he kind of burned out a little bit, and I think he saw you know he saw the the level you would have to go to if you wanted to keep playing. So he, he kind of didn't really want to play uh, competitive tennis anymore around mm-hmm. 16. And I said, Hey, I said, that's, that's totally fine. You know, I said, but why don't you stay on the high school team? I said, you're, 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 you're probably the number one or two player on the team. You know, you, you love the guys on that team. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I, I want to do that. So I think what he really got out of it, he loved his last couple of years, junior and senior year that uh, he could have played, college tennis. He ultimately decided to go to Clemson and, and decided not, not to play. But, but um, we had, we had unfortunately had a very competitive team and um, the, the year that he was a senior um, or a junior, I'm sorry, we were supposed to be in a rebuilding season. We had lost, you know, probably like six starters uh, and we had a couple of, you know, D one level players uh, leaving the team and no one thought we would be that good. And, um, he helped be one of the leaders on that team. And we made, we reached the state finals, upset a few teams in the playoffs. And it was such an exciting, you know, playoff run. And I think he really, he really enjoyed that, you know? Um, so, so I think both my, my sons really, um, they, they enjoyed the team, the, the team camaraderie mm-hmm. actually more fondly than some of the tournament victories they had uh, and some of those wins. So I, I really think that, and this has been true of other of, of our top players that went on to play Division One tennis. Is they they actually enjoyed you know those moments with their teammates, uh, you know, winning a big match. And, and I think those memories, like Kyle said, those are memories you you're going to always have. I mean, not everyone's going to win Southerns, but you you know you know but being the star of your team and being hoisted on your your teammates' back, you know, is it's just a great experience. So. Agreed. Agreed. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me for the podcast and for coaching, taking the time out of your life to give back to these kids at the high school level. I think it's just amazing. And they're very lucky to have you. And I hope that kids across the country get the benefit of having such dedicated, knowledgeable coaches who understand the value of playing for your high school team. Even if your goals and dreams involve going off to play high-level college tennis, there is a lot of value to be had by playing in the, at the high school level. Regardless of what happens with UTR, regardless of what happens with ratings and rankings and all those things, having that experience of being part of a team, winning and, you know, doing something for for the team as opposed to just yourself, which our kids are, you know, that's what they do as tennis players. It's as you've said, it's them by themselves out there competing. So it's nice to have a a little bit bigger um, something to play for. And I'm a big fan of high school tennis. I hope it continues to grow. And again, thank you both for taking the time to come share your experience with us. Our pleasure, Lisa. Thank you very much. Go Mavericks. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks so much. And to my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe.
subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.